Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Well, today we're going to conclude uh, something that we have been on for the last month, and that is a focus on missions. Four weeks ago, um, four or five weeks ago, Dan Lacero, who is the mission leader for the French-speaking countries uh, across the world for Foursquare, was with us, and and he, um, it was Pentecost Sunday. If you remember, we had an amazing time with Dan. And then the following three Sundays, I shared messages on missions as, as I wanted, sought to remind you that God has called us to live our lives as missionaries, not those that are sent to go to other parts of the world, but as missionaries right where we are, right in our own Jerusalem, being witnesses of the, of the power and testimony and life-saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, I'm, I'm honored to be able to conclude this series by having some, some dear friends, Reed and Kim Crow, uh, uh, come and share with us. They are Foursquare missionaries to Jamaica. Um, prior to that, uh, and Reed will share maybe more, but they served in Papua New Guinea. They served in South Africa. Uh, and prior to going to Jamaica, Foursquare had been some 30-plus years without a Foursquare missionary in Jamaica. And, and we as a church, we have adopted Jamaican, Jamaica as our Caribbean island that we want to sponsor and, 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 and help to raise up the Foursquare Church that's there. Uh, so I'm, I'm real honored to have with us today the missionary that God has sent there. And they just completed three years, about to start another three-year term and uh, our assignment. And I'm so thankful that they're there because the Jamaican church needs Reed and Kim Crow. Uh, down there right now and they need your prayers uh, um, I've gone there twice in the last two years and I've had the, the, just the real blessings of being able to share and speak um, but God's called them to a greater place of life and uh, I know Reed and Kim are his tools that he's using to bring forth that life so will you please welcome uh, to the platform, Reed and Kim Crow. Praise God. Well, thank you for welcoming us. I, I love coming into this wonderful state of Alabama. I've never been here before, but as we crossed the border, we just said, sweet home, Alabama. <laughs> so we feel like we're home. Yes. We Amen. feel like we're home. And it's good yes. to meet our Foursquare family in Alabama. Well, one of the things that I, that I heard as we were sitting there was the word position during worship. And... I asked the Lord a little bit in the previous, he gave me the word breakthrough. And it kind of goes along the same line, position. And it's like a woman who is ready to give birth in her third trimester, that transition period. But you know that baby positions itself. 
It's, it's a miracle what that baby does to enter into the world and positions itself. And as I thought about that, we as Christians need to position ourselves for what God has for us to, to enter in to the fullness that he has. If you remember, Jesus positioned himself on a cross. And many people said that he was defeated, even made comments, even spat on him. But he arose and the victory was won and he took back the keys of death and hell. And so when you position yourself, you're preparing yourself for the victory that God has for you. And I don't think it's a mistake that we have as many visitors as we do today because God is wanting you to position yourself. He's called you here today for such a time as this. I don't know what what trial, what tribulation, what thing you're going through, but understand this. Jesus positioned himself, and, and we sang that song, Through It All, My Eyes Are On You, but I want to tell you something, through it all, his eyes are on you. He sees what you're going through. Position yourself to receive the victory. And I think of Jehoshaphat when he positioned the praisers in front of the army. And the battle was won when they began to praise the Lord. So through it all, his eyes are on you. Position yourself before the Lord today. One of the things that I do as a missionary's wife is I work in the national office for Jamaica Foursquare. I work alongside the president of Foursquare Jamaica and the board of directors, and I get the privilege of serving every single one of them and all of the pastors, but my passion is teaching. I love to teach, and I love to see people fulfilled in their destiny. And a short story that I have that I shared last service was a young woman who came to our class. And one of our practicums is how to hear God's voice. And many of them didn't understand that we can hear God's voice. And so I, I asked them, before you go to work, see, God doesn't tell us necessarily that once we are in ministry that we have to leave our profession and go to another country like Reed and I have done. Sometimes when we go, it's to our job Mm -hmm. and that's our mission field. And so that morning she had, I had asked them to ask the Lord what he would have them do. And that morning she got up and she said, Lord, what would you have me to do today? And the Lord spoke a name, a name of a man who she had heard of but didn't really know him, didn't know his situation, didn't know much about him. He worked for the same company in a different building. So she called him and she said, Lord, I don't know what to say. And he said, 
Open your mouth and I will fill it. So they met after work. She said, would you meet me in the parking lot after work? And they met. And as they met, she held his hand and they prayed together. Because the Lord had showed her that he had had a spirit of death upon his life. Now, how do you tell someone who you don't know, who you've never met, who you don't know anything about, and you're taking this, this leap of faith and you're, you're going to them? She said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, open your mouth and I'll fill it. So she began to pray for him. And as she prayed, he began to weep. And she began to say, there's a spirit of death on your life. And he began to weep more. And he began to share. This was on a Thursday that he was planning his suicide on Friday. Not only that, but his wife had left him three weeks prior to that. And two weeks prior to that, he heard that she had stage four breast cancer had not known that before. So truly there was death over their marriage, over their life, over their circumstances. But a young woman in a class was taught that she could hear the voice of God. And she acted upon that. She positioned herself to hear and to obey God. And when she did things begin to happen and breakthrough begin to happen. See, when, when you position yourself like that child who's ready to come forth into the world, you're positioning yourself for what God has for you. So rest in that. Don't try to fight against what God has for you, but position yourself for breakthrough. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It is a great joy to be here. And uh, as Pastor Huey said, he's been down to Jamaica a few times, and that's the first time that I met him was down there. And and, uh, you need to understand that you all are partnering greatly with the Foursquare Jamaican Church. In Jamaica, there's there's 27 Foursquare churches. They have a board of directors. Um, they have a president and so forth, but you all are partnering with them and establishing them and strengthening them and, and just helping them to move forward in the kingdom of God. And so we greatly appreciate that, that this partnership. And that's, that's what Kim's in my heart is and, and also the Garrett, uh, Dr. Phillips, who is the president there, to develop relationships with churches, long-term relationships. So not just short term, you know, where it's a one-off, so to speak, but where we can strengthen each other and build each other up. And so we are so thankful for you all for uh, sending them (laughs) and also for allowing us to be here. And uh, I uh, shared earlier, we're we're staying with, with Pastor Huey and Ruth, and I got Sister Ruth in trouble, I found out. And at the risk of losing you all at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and mention it. But man, she makes a killer gumbo. A killer gumbo. I mean to tell you. I think I'm losing it. Sorry. And one of the gentlemen came up afterwards. My ears must be. 
One of the gentlemen came up afterwards, and, and as I did in this service, I mentioned it at the beginning, and he said, I haven't had your gumbo yet. <laughs> so I knew that I lost them through the whole service. So, But it's just been a tremendous blessing, and they have been a, a, a great host to us, and we really appreciate them and their family and all the things that they have done for us. And so we're just so thankful. We're here. We've been in Jamaica for three years, and right now we're, we're traveling through the states and, and partnering with other churches and just uh, building up uh, strengthening those relationships and need you to know that that your partners with other churches in Michigan in Indiana and in North Carolina with individuals in Florida and California and so that together we're furthering the kingdom of God and we're all doing our part and uh, so we're just so thankful for that well, let's uh, let's pray Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just give you praise and thanks for this day. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for your purposes and plans for our lives, Father God. Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are a mighty God. And Lord, you have such a great plan and purpose for our lives, and we just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll give her a try. It's shaped my ears. <laughs> well, the title of my, mission, my, my sermon is Mission is the Mother of All Theology. And when we think about that word theology, it it's, it's actually means speech or logos and, and God. So it's speech about God, talk about God. And when we uh, go into the depths of that, when we are having our daily devotions and when we're reading the Word of God, we need to go a little bit deeper at times. Yes. We need to have an understanding of what God is doing behind the scenes. Yes. Why did God write those words to those individuals? Why did He use those authors? I think I'm going to switch to a handheld. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Hallelujah. So why did, why did God use those authors to write those specific words at that specific time to those specific people? When we're reading our Bible, we need to kind of get, Lord, what were you saying to them? But even beyond that, what's he saying to us? And oftentimes we need to go a little bit deeper and say, what's God doing behind the scenes? What is he doing? And it's kind of like that, that story of, of Joseph. And in chapter 50, he tells his brothers where his brothers are afraid because, because his, their father was dying. And they're afraid of what Joseph is going to do to them. And so they go to him, and, and, and he says to them, though, what you meant for evil, God used for good. Because God is always working behind the scenes. There's sometimes, absolutely, it's like out front and, and very blunt, right in our face. But there's other times where we don't understand 
We don't understand that journey that we're on, why we're going through what we're going through, but we need to understand that God is there with us. And we need to understand that he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And that his heart is mission. His heart, that's what he is about. That's his totality of what his heart is about. Let's go to the word. The first thing is that Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. There's a beautiful passage here in Philippians. It's called the Kenosis Passage. Philippians chapter 2, verse verse 1. So then, if there is any comfort in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassions, fulfill my joy, that you think the same, having the same love, one in soul, minding the one thing, doing nothing according to party spirit or self-glory, but in humility esteeming one another as surpassing themselves. Each not looking at the things of themselves, but each also the things of others. For think this within you, which mind was also in Christ Jesus, who subsisting in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, having become in the likeness of men, And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, having become obedient unto death, even the death of of a cross. Because of this also, God highly exalted him. And he gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of heavenly ones and earthly ones and ones under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We think of that passage. Jesus is our missionary example. I remember when when I was an accountant for an insurance company for 19 years. And and when God called us into the into the fivefold ministry and so need to go to Bible college, I felt like God called me to go to Bible college. And we lived out in a rural area, and Kim was working at the bank at that point in time, and and, uh, we sold everything, basically sold everything, got rid of it. We moved out to Bible college with her uncle being, our stuff was pulled in a 17-foot horse trailer. (laughs) That was our goods at that point in time. But that is nothing, nothing in comparison to what this passage tells us of what Jesus did. It says that Jesus, who created all things, and through him all things were created. He is God. But yet, because of his tremendous love for us, for the world, he emptied himself of those powers, of that authority that he had and humbled himself and came as a man. That's a missionary. That's an illustration. That's an example for each of us to follow, to empty ourselves because of the love that we have for others. Yes. Yes. 
Why missions? Well, first, because it's the heart of God. We know the scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everyone believing in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world that he might judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then 1 Timothy 2, 4, who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. We see that this is God's heart, is that each and every individual would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because that's what God's heart is. That is his heart. I'm not there, (laughs) but I'm not God. Sometimes my heart is not right. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know, Lord, if I want to go there. I don't know if I really care that much about that individual that's treating me that way. But that's not God's heart. God's heart is love for every individual to bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that we are to snatch them out. Hold them back from the enemy. Because that's what God's desire is. To bring each and every one into that relationship with Jesus. He wants heaven full. He wants heaven full because it's God's heart. The second is because God has called us, the church, to partner with him. There's a statement made by this man, Tim Dearborn, who is a director of uh, uh, World Vision International. And he says, God's church falters from exhaustion because Christians erroneously think that God has given them a mission to perform in the world. Rather, the God of mission has given his church to the world. It's not the church of God that has a mission in the world, but the God of mission who has the church in the world. The church's involvement in mission is its privileged participation in the actions of the triune God. God has, has called us to partner with him and in order to fulfill his mission. It's not about us. It's about him because of that tremendous love that he has for the world. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This is from the message. It says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. Jesus said, God authorized and he commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all that I've commanded you. I will be with you as you do this day after day after day right up to the end of the age. That word there, go, it doesn't mean that you necessarily will have to go across the seas. It may be. It may be. But it means as you are going about in your daily business, as you are walking in the market, 
as you are sitting down in the restaurant, as you are in school or as you are in work, wherever you are at, you are to be about God's business, partnering with him, sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Sensitive, just like that young lady does. Just like she was. She heard the voice of God and she acted upon that and shared and saved somebody's life. That's what we are to be about because we're on partnership with God. I was blessed yesterday, my, or not yesterday, but the day before. It was yesterday. Uh, we were able to come and, and participate in the leadership development class here. And it was, it was fantastic. 65 individuals signed up for leadership development. That's a powerful thing. A powerful thing. But one of the neat things that touched my heart was I heard this, this specific thing over and over and over again. People were sharing their testimony of the shepherd's heart in them, of what God was doing. It wasn't necessarily what, what, they're, uh, what they were being paid to do, but it was wherever they are at, whether they are in the hospital, whether they are at work, whether they are at school or in the marketplace, they were sharing the love of God, giving the testimony, sharing how God used them. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. We are partnering with him. Well, the third reason is because the need is still abundant. Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of disease and all manner of sickness. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were distressed and scattered as sheep, not having a shepherd, that shepherd's heart. Then saith he unto the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth the laborers into this harvest. Hear me, the laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. Some of the latest statistics, there's like seven and a half billion people in the world now. Less than one-third proclaim Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Less than one-third. Five billion, five billion people. If today the, the world would end. Eternal separation. Five billion. In Jamaica, Jamaica is actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most number of churches per square mile. But most of those churches are dead. In Jamaica, over 85% of the births are born to women, single mothers. Over 85%. Kingston is about the size of Chicago. It's 1.7 million people. But the crime rate, the violent crime rate, is three and a half times that of Chicago. Same size of Chicago, but three and a half times the crime rate. The harvest is plentiful. According to a survey done in 2014 by Pew Forum, that, that here in the United States... In 2007, 76% of 
of individuals proclaimed Christianity as their belief. But it's dropped in 2014 down to 70%. Over 100 years ago, the percentage was actually higher of those who believed in Jesus Christ. But we've actually gone down overall in the last 100 years. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. In Luke 15, it talks about three different parables, the parable of the lost coin and, and the, uh, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, and then the, the parable of the prodigal son. And it talks about the lostness of things. But behind those scenes, taking up that theology mission is, is, is the mother of all theology. If we take a look at what God's heart is, I believe it's still much like that father and the, and the prodigal son. It says that at the end of that story where the father came, or the, when the son was coming back, the father was standing at the end of the road. We don't know how many days, how many months, how many years that son was gone. But I believe that probably that father was at the end of that road many days. Many days praying for his son to come back. And that's the heart of the father. Because he desires all to come to that saving knowledge. He desires all of us to come into that relationship with him. Well, thankfully, we do not have to do missions by our power. But it is by God's power in us. I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit because I don't want to do this in my power. <laughs> Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Just as that young woman, she heard the Holy Spirit speaking to her and God spoke to her specifically what she is to pray. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit is resident in you. Pray for that baptism in the Holy Spirit. Pray for that baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need to be walking and moving and acting in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our strength, because we'll mess it up. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, and He is ready and willing. Let me encourage you to develop a personal missionary strategy. Prayerfully identify your mission focus. To whom are you called? To whom are you called? You may not be called to go across the seas, but I can guarantee you're called to go across the street. I can guarantee you're called to speak to that person across the table from you to speak to your waitress or waiter, to speak to that person in the store because you have a personal calling and a personal purpose. I'm in the master's degree because we're trying to reestablish the Bible college down in Jamaica and, and currently in the master's degree program. And one of the, the last course that we just finished up, I was actually looking forward to it. It was called Leadership Theory and Practice. And I was looking forward to this, and it goes through the, the history of leadership and the studies of it from the mid-1800s up until current times. And it starts talking about these, all these different theories, the theories of transformation and theories of uh, transactional and, and uh, shared leadership and all these type things. And, and 
But at the end of each study on one, they would say, when it goes to the practice of it, they're like, uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How is this helping me? <laughs> well, let me share with you a plan. Let me share with you a leadership plan that I can guarantee. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know... I know the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future, plans for success. That is God's plan for you, and you can count on it. Used to be an old saying, you can take it to the bank. (laughs) The word that in in the announcements at the beginning, they were talking about with the, the youth group, and it was actually out of Ephesians 2.10, and it was, uh, I'll lose it. Proema, I think, is what it's, how it's pronounced. I believe it is. But it's out of Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship created for Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Jeremiah 29.11, I know the plans that I have for you. We are God's workmanship to do the works that God had beforehand. We just got to get on board. Get on board with His plan and His purpose. It's guaranteed, I'm telling you. It is guaranteed that He will back His word. He says, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish the purpose that I have prepared for it. Prayerfully discover and invite God's agenda into your life. Discover what God's agenda is for you specifically. Matthew 22, 37-40, this talks about the, the two commandments. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Back in Proverbs, there's in Proverbs chapter 6, it says, My son, keep the commandment of your father. Forsake not the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, it will lead you. When you sleep, it will watch over you. And when you awake, it will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and reproofs of instruction in your way. If we bind this upon our hearts... Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. I believe, just as this proverb says, that when we sleep, the Lord will talk to us. When we arise, he will guide us and direct us. Every individual day of our lives, he has that plan and purpose for our lives. And he will speak to us and he will share with us. Because we're on this mission with him to partner with him for what he has for each of our lives. And we need each other to come together as the body of Christ fit together to do the things that he has called us. The last thing is that missions is the church in action. And if we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and and going on, it, it talks about the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry. But then in, the, in verse 15, it says, Speaking the truth in love, 
that we may grow up into him in all things who is the head, the Christ, from whom all the body, having been fitted and compacted together through every assisting bond, according to the effectual working of one measure in each part, produces the growth of the body to the building up of itself. When Kim and I were called to Jamaica, we were called there to be a ligament and a tendon. I had no clue what that meant. I had to look it up. I had to Google it to get an understanding. What does that mean? Well, ligament and a tendon connects the body together. It connects the bone to bone and muscle to bone in order to make the body move forward. Had no clue what that actually meant, but we had to go there and put that into action in order to see what exactly that meant for that purpose. And it's the same with each of us. We have different giftings. We have different callings. We have different skills, different talents, different purposes, but all under God. And we are all one body and we need each other in order to fit together, to move forward, to do what God has called us to do. Hear me, Restoration Church. God needs you. The rest of the body needs you. You are important to the kingdom of God. We cannot afford to sit down and do nothing. We cannot afford to. Or otherwise, those percentages that we talked about are going to go further and further and further the negative way. Can't be. It's time to turn that thing around. I believe that God has a great plan and purpose for this church, the Restoration Church. I have no doubt about that. And you're a part of that. And God has brought you here to utilize you to fit into the body. I remember when we were in Papua New Guinea one time and, and uh, one of the preachers was speaking and, and a woman got excited because he was talking about how, how uh, Aaron and Ur had lifted up the arms of Moses just as to how they were just serving him. And she got so excited because that was her ministry. Whenever a preacher came into town, she would host them and she would serve them. And she got excited about that. We need to be excited about what God's purpose is in our lives. And I guarantee you, he will use you mightily. I've asked the worship team if if they would come and and, uh, play a song and that we would join in together. The gentleman that wrote this song, it's from back in the mid-1800s, and he was a a gifted artist, and he was also a a musician, and as well as he was even a composer. And he taught in a school, but he was also a layman in the Methodist church. And in that Many of his friends and family said that you need to to leave your secular work and come into full-time ministry. And he wrestled with that for a number of years. And finally, he settled on that God had indeed called him into that ministry. And that is when the Lord gave him this song, I Surrender All. I Surrender All. You know, today, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know the decisions that you're going through that you're having to make. You may be on the mountaintop or you may be down in that valley. But I can guarantee you that God will meet you wherever you are at. 
He will meet you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, (laughs) now's the time to say, I surrender all. If you do know Him and you're wrestling with decisions, just turn it over to Him and surrender it. He will meet you where you are at because of that tremendous love that He has for you. And that's a wrap. That concludes today's message. We hope you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website at www.r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.